Mark 14, verses 3 through 10. I'll read this, and then I'll give us context. And when he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining, a woman came with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it on, over his head. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was this ointment wasted like this? For the ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, leave her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. For you will always have, have the poor with you. And whenever, whenever you want, you can do good to them. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. The title of the message today is Dreaming with God. Uh, God, I just thank you. Um, God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have today to hear from you and to dream with you. God, I just pray today would be a day that we would dream with you. We would hear what's on your heart. And God, we, we ask God not just for our voice. I, I pray that anything I say, God, I pray that any words from Jeremy would be quiet. We want to hear from you. We pray that you would speak through me. We pray that each one of us um, would have a still, small heart, like a, a still heart to receive what you have from us today. Uh, we love you, God. We just say we're listening. Amen. Um, we've been talking about generosity. Uh, we've been... And, and it's been incredible. I mentioned, I've mentioned the last couple of weeks, like, it's been amazing how everybody has been giving, um, both financially and from their hearts. Um, and uh, there's nothing like talking about money to get to your heart. And uh, God wants to put us to put him first. When he is first, everything finds its place. And I have found that way in the midst of the crazy, when I put God first in my energy, in my time, in my finances, I just orient my life to him first. He'll start untwisting things relationally. He'll start putting things into order. When he is first, everything finds its place. Last week, I talked about forgiveness. And I, this whole thing of that, if you can't forgive, you can't receive. I have to release someone from God's judge to God's judgments and plan. I actually had a picture last week that I shared with you. I felt like it was for somebody. Maybe it's for somebody today too. There was these double doors, and on the other side was like this courtroom of heaven. And here's the person that offended or hurt you, and you were holding their hand. And God was like, "Let them go, so that they can receive my justice and my judgments on them. Let me let me deal with that. But you have to let go. You have to release them. Um, but today." I wanted to talk about something equally as important as forgiveness and as dear to the heart, and that is my dreams, your dreams. Uh, when I was, I think, eight or nine years old, um, I went to my dad and I said, Dad, I want to be president of the United States. And my dad said to me, Jeremy, you can't do that. I'm like, well, why not? And my dad's like, because you were born Canadian. And so, and so my, my dream of being the president of the United States was dashed that day because I wasn't allowed to be the, I wasn't allowed because of Canadian. I also wanted to be a fighter pilot. That didn't happen. Um, I wanted to be a few different things that didn't happen. But I think God's dreams, when we, when we, God, one, I think God gives us dreams into our heart. He puts things in us that we want to do that, that are, that are, are meant for our heart. And then also he has dreams. God has dreams of things that he wants to see happen in the world. 
And I, I think back to um, Genesis 3, and this is the beginning. God creates the heavens and the earth, right? He makes everything, all the earth, the animals, the trees, everything. And actually it says in Genesis 3 that God would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. And they had unbroken friendship, unbroken relationship between God and man. They connected. And this happened until one day, we all know the story here, that God actually, or not God, but Eve actually um, doubted God. And it said this. Um, it says, well, actually, I didn't write it down. But basically, Eve didn't trust God. Adam didn't trust God. And they had to, they broke this relationship. They chose knowledge over relationship. They, they actually, they had doubts in their heart. And I was, I was processing this. Satan came with a doubt to Eve and said, did God really say? And I noticed this. When God asks a question, and when Satan asks, asks a question, it's totally different. When, God, when Satan asks a question, it always comes to the place to divide and cut relationship. When God asks us a question, it always is an invitation into relationship. Genesis 3.21 said this. This is after they, they walked away from God. It said, and the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skin and clothed them. Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now let us reach, lest he reach out his hand and take from the tree of life and eat and live forever. By the way, live forever in separation from God. Basically, then God stopped it. Therefore, the Lord God sent him out from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out at the east of the garden of Eden. He placed the cherub, this flaming angel with a flaming sword, that turned every which way to guard the way to the tree of life. God did not want Adam and Eve to live forever in sin, so he blocked the way. But there was a dream that God had in his heart of unbroken friendship and relationship with us. And then it says this in 2 Corinthians 5. Jesus comes, right? Sacrifices himself on the cross, dies, is raised again, and then he says this to the disciples in 2 Corinthians 5. Through Christ, he has reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself and counting their trespasses against, not counting their trespasses or sins against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. This is God's dream, that everyone would be reconciled back to him. You guys all know this, for God so loved the world, right? That he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have whatever lasting life. This is God's dream. Jesus is in that house of Simon the leper, and he has the dream of the Father God on his heart. He's on his way to the cross. Why? That the world might be reconciled back to him. He is walking in the dream, God's dream. And in walks Mary. Think about it. In walks Mary. And while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, 
as he was reclining at a table, a woman came in with an alabaster flask of ointment, a pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head. Why does this matter? Well, two things. One, what in the world is Jesus doing in the house of a leper? Bethany means this, house of misery. A house of a leper. This is somebody whose limbs are falling off. Jesus goes to these bad places, and I think this is what it is. Because Simon is his dream. It's not about how attractive we are, how much money we have, where we've come from, our pedigree. It is this. God so loved the world that he what? Gave his son. Simon was God's dream. You are God's dream. The people of Whatcom County are God's dream. He loves them. He is so much all in for them. And then in walks Mary. Now, this whole thing about this alabaster jar is a big deal, and here's the why. That alabaster jar, which said is 300 denarii, was about a, a year's worth of wages. One denarii was about one year, one day's wage. So what is that? Like 50, 40, $50,000, something in there. And she, what, pours this out over him. Here's the problem. That was her dowry. That represented her future. That represented the white picket fence and the three kids. That was, that was her ticket to security. And here she is taking her ticket to security, the thing that she had, and she's pouring it out on Jesus' feet. And here's what Jesus says in Mark. He says this. Calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he says to them, if anybody wants to come after me, Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will save it. For what does a man profit a man to gain the whole world and yet forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? Let me restate this verse a little bit. Whoever would save his dream will lose it. But whoever loses his dream for my sake and for the gospels will save it. We all have these burning things in our hearts, right? We have these, these dreams, these desires, these passions, these, oh my goodness, I hope the future would be this. And God says this, would you give me your dream? Would you give me that desire, that, that thing that's in front of you? This doesn't mean that it won't happen, but God is simply saying, would you align your desires with mine? Would you give me your dream? Verse 4, it said this. There were some who said to themselves indignantly, why was this ointment wasted like that? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they scolded her. What a waste. Why did it make them angry? I think, I think the reality is when someone makes a big decision, it exposes my heart. When Mary gave herself like this, there was those, and by the way, Judas was one of them, and Judas was the one that ended up betraying Jesus. It was this moment where Mary broke an alabaster jar on Jesus' feet that he decided he was going to betray Jesus. Her surrender to Jesus exposed his lack of surrender to Jesus. For Judas, I think, 
In many ways, Jesus was his ticket to the top, the, the place of influence. The, I'm going to be able to have this dream for wealth, and I'm going to advance, and, and, and maybe we're going to go somewhere. And now Jesus is saying, leave her alone because she's preparing me for my burial. I'm going to die. Hold on. That is not the plan, Jesus. That, that is not where we're going. And I can say this has happened to me multiple times in my life, and hopefully I learn the lesson eventually. That there is a space where we have dreams and we have plans and we go like, okay, he's the way, the truth, and the life. I'm going to attach myself to him. And Jesus, make my dreams come true. And he's saying, would you give me your dreams? Would you give me your plans? Mark 5. And he said, if I can find it. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will find it. This whole thing about generosity and this whole thing of like living a life in God, God is looking for people that would say, I am all in God on your dream. I'm all in God on what you have. Now, since the age of 13, I've always wanted to do the stage. I've always wanted to do the preaching thing. I've always loved being in front of people. And I remember I graduated from high school and I was convinced I was going, going global. Like I'm going to do all this great speaking and all this stuff. And I go and I travel with this evangelist and I get the first day on the job at the place and I meet this other guy and I'm like, hey, my name's Jeremy. And he says, my name's Jeremy. Oh, find out that he's my boss. Find out that he has the exact same birthday as I do. And I find out that that summer, I wasn't going to do any preaching. I wasn't going to do any even, like, kids counseling. What I was going to get to do was clean kitchens, edit videos, pray, and, like, do errands. This was my job. And I was ticked. Here I thought I was going to get to do all this great stuff and have this great time. And, you know, Jeremy's going national or global. And God's like, no, actually, no one's even going to remember your name. Because the other guy already has your name. And by the way, they're not going to remember your birthday either because he has your birthday too. And here I am frustrated in my heart because I, I had this thing in front of me. And by the way, God, this is for you. I'm going to do this dream for you. And God's like, I really don't need you to do anything for me. What I need you to do is deny your way, pick up your cross, follow me, trust me. So that summer, I cleaned and I prayed and I worked and nobody noticed me and I didn't like it. And God's like, yeah, if anybody wants to follow me, you have to deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow me. Because Jeremy, it's not about you. It's about God's dream. What is God's dream? His dream is that the world would be reconciled back to him. Each one of us has like an alabaster jar of talents, resources, whatever that you have. And God is in our midst. Christ is in our midst. And I would challenge you, what are you doing with your alabaster jar? Mary, if you look into the story, she's one that had five demons cast out of her. She, she knew what it was to be in bondage and for God to set her free. And she made a decision. It's not going to be about me anymore. And it's not going to be about my dreams anymore. It's not going to be about my plan anymore. It's going to be about you. 
So regardless of what anyone thought, she even came into the midst of places where she's pouring this out on Jesus and people are scolding her as she does it. People will not like you denying yourself and giving yourself up for the gospel and for Christ. They'll say, this is not a good management of resources. This is not a good thing of your time. What are you doing? But Jesus said, leave her alone. And you know what ends up happening? I'm talking about her today, 2,000 years later. We don't know if she ever got married. We don't know if she ever got her dream. But she gave it over to him. Why? Because in the end, she was the answer to everything he had hoped for anyway. This one song by a guy named um, Jason Upton. I was, I've told this a couple times, but last week I told the story about how I was a youth pastor in Vancouver, and then I get fired from my job, and I move home, and all I have is a bunch of credit card debt, and I'm, uh, I'm stuck with my parents. I'm 26 with a four-year degree working as a shipping clerk, not doing anything I'm excited about. And there's this song I heard by a guy named Jason Upton. He said this, when my vision died, you opened my eyes to something I'd never seen before. Folks, our dreams, our plans, all of that stuff, God is saying, would you pour it out on me? Would you trust me with the dreams, the plans, all this? Would you pour it out on me? And God will make for you, get this, God will make for you a much better future and a much better life than you could ever hope for. But the way of the gospel is the way of the cross that we would lay ourselves down for his dream, for his plan. A couple questions and then, um, and then actually we'll be done. It's going to be a shorter service this morning. Do you have an unsurrendered dream in your life that is keeping you from serving the Lord or giving to him? Do you have an unsurrendered dream that's causing problems in your marriage or your family or your relationships? I, I was processing this. I wrote this down. Sometimes my dream might be someone else's nightmare. really want to do this thing, you know, I'm going to go be big and do this, and the people all around me have to suffer the consequences of me pursuing this thing, and I I can actually just say with honesty, too, like, this place of doing even church ministry stuff, that can be costly to my family, and I have to make sure, my goodness, is this, am I following him, or am I trying to build something? I I have to lay it down repeatedly and say, God, I, I, I made my family get the best of me. May those around me be blessed because of my actions and my dreams, not harmed. Do you have an unsurrendered dream that's causing problems in your marriage, your family, your relationships? Here's the last one. Here's a doozy. Is your life self-centered or God-centered? That alabaster jar that you have of your life, he who seeks to save his life will lose it. If you try to steward that thing according to your plan and your way, in the end of your days, you'll lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake and for the gospel will find it. Is your life God-centered 
or self-centered. Revelation 21, it says this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. Here's God's dream. And he and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any more mourning or crying or pain anymore. For the former things had passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I love this. I'm making everything new. And he said this, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done. I am the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give from him the spring of the water of life without payment. This is God's dream. And one day, we're all going to be standing with him in unbroken relationship with him. No more mourning. No more crying, no more tears, no more frustration, no more arguments, no more junk. All that stuff will fade away because of the price of what Christ has done. He's reconciling us all. But he's saying to you and he's saying to me, would you join me in my dream? Would you give your dream, lay it down, and allow me to form you in my dream? Just going to read those questions one more time. Do you have an unsurrendered dream in your life that's keeping you from serving the Lord or giving obediently to him? Do you have an unsurrendered dream that's causing problems in your marriage, your family, your relationships? Is your life self-centered or God-centered? We just call, close our eyes, and I'll just pray for us. Father God, I just thank you for this incredible crew of people. Thank you, God, for being patient with us, Lord, as we struggle through different things. God, we right now recognize there's dreams in our heart. There's things that we want to see happen. A lot of those things are really good things. But God, right now, we just turn and we give them to you. We surrender, God, every dream, every desire, every plan. And we trust your word that says that he who loses his life for my sake or the gospels will find it. So Holy Spirit, we just thank you. We ask today... Thank you for your word that says you're making all things new. Would you make us new? We give you our hearts. We give you our lives. And everyone said, amen.